This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, check out Eagle Saving Nations. Be a member today. You're going to have a great program today. Two different interviews, one with Bishop Tobias Nehemiah, a bishop out of Nairobi, Kenya, as well as Dr. E.J. Buckhart, and it's going to talk about God is at war with Satan and Eagle Saving Nations. And number two, the Tree of Hope. And then in between, you're going to hear a man that lives in Jerusalem, Israel, a great musician, singer, singing. His name is Roy Kendall and the song, My Jesus, I Love Thee and Shout to the Lord. Once again, My Jesus, I Love Thee and Shout to the Lord. Again, Eagle Saving Nations website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Also, send us a love offering. You can do it by worldministries.org or 360 3606295248 help us stay on your local radio station god bless you this is dr jonathan hansen i'm the president of world ministries international as well as eagles saving nations i want to welcome you to the warning radio television program social media wherever you're watching or listening in the united states or around the world welcome i have with me in the studio today Special guest, Bishop Tobias Nehemiah. He actually has been with me since 1987 when I pastored in Nairobi, Kenya. And um, he was one of the pastors. Now he's with us in our Bible school, World Ministries International School of Theology or World Ministries International Kenya. Um, he's the director of the Bible school there, as well as pastoring a church and on a board of Pentecostal holiness. So, uh, Pastor Tobias, welcome back. Thank you for having me today. You bet. <laughs> and I have Dr. Buckhart. Dr. Buckhart's been with me since 1998. He was previous uh, captain with Northwest Airlines, and now he's uh, with me at World Ministries International, uh, the dean of our Bible schools around the world, and works in our administration office. Uh, he's gone through our own school as far as Bible college and has his doctorate degree in ministry. Uh, Dr. Bell Buckhart, welcome. Thank you. Now, we want to talk about a little bit. Let's say God is at war with Satan. God is at war with Satan. 
The angels are at war with demons. And we are at spiritual war with evil men led by evil spirits, not the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you agree with that, E.J.? Yes, I would. Very definitely. So if you look at all what's going on when everything that's being promoted in our nation is an abomination to the Bible, you have to admit it's all coming from a satanic influence. Bishop Tobias, uh, what's your opinion? Yes, that's true. Yes, from the beginning of creation all up to this time, the devil has been fighting God in various ways. Uh, he manifests himself in different ways. Coming as an angel of light and so forth and so on. Well, I'll tell you what. I've done seven programs on demons. Um, look at my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and watch them. Look them up or listen to them. I even did one lately on Avatar, the movie Avatar, uh, Hinduism, uh, demons. And yet there are some naive Christians that love that movie. Now, Dr. Buckhart, this shows you how ignorant Americans are of demons. They don't even recognize it if they're being reflected in a movie. Well, I know I was born and raised here in America and in a normal church. And uh, we never really taught too much about demons and the influence of demons in our personal lives. And it wasn't until I got involved in a ministry that was coming uh, and with the full gospel that we started seeing the attacks and it started to make sense to me and the more we serve the Lord uh, the more we get attacked and I've had a lot of people calling in the telephone on a daily basis and and there are prayer warriors and uh, I always end up saying it says the reason you're being attacked is because you're doing everything right and the enemy's not happy with you but the Lord will see us through and that's our promise that we stand on. Now, Pastor Tobias, in Kenya, uh, have you heard, first let me ask you, have you heard of the movie Avatar? Well, it was my first time to hear about the movie Avatar. I've never heard about it. Okay, before. okay. Yes. So maybe they're not watching it in Kenya. Let's probably, hope. Probably they are. Either. Probably they are. Probably they are. Maybe it's just me who's not aware of it. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, let's hope Kenyans, Christian Kenyans, aren't as stupid <laughs> as American Christians that so many of them watch Avatar and think nothing of it. When it's all based out of marine spirits, Hinduism, what are we watching this and, and utilizing it utilizing it for and thinking it's a... I mean, I heard one Christian say, oh, it's just a great movie reflects heaven. And I looked at him, I said, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I actually gave him a lesson for about an hour on the movie. <coughs> Pastor? Yes, you know, the devil is very deceptive. He comes in a way that most people don't realize it's the devil. And we can watch movies thinking it is a good one, yet it has a lot of demonic influences and demonic powers. Like Harry Potter. I mean, what in the world are we reading Harry Potter books or, yeah. or watching Harry Potter? I mean, what are we idolizing sorcerers for? These are condemned in the Bible. You're not supposed to make a hero out of them. Yeah, Tobias... Man. Yes, 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 yes. You've heard of Harry Potter? Yes, I've heard about it, but I haven't really read about it as much. Yeah, they're making heroes out of sorcerers. They're, and they're doing actual, real incantations, witchcraft, spells, everything. Mm. And there's some Christians that love it. EJ? Well, 
I guess I've never been nuts in the movies. And uh, so even when you mentioned Avatar, I didn't know the name. I never saw the movie. And uh, Harry Potter, I, I know because it's been in the news and that I've never read any of his books or her books that she's written. But uh, so it really has an influence in my life. But I have seen it uh, influence other people's lives to a very destructive environment. Now, in heaven, the government of God rules, and there is peace. On earth, Satan rules through evil men, and Christians are at war. Tobias? Yeah, Christians are at war. Because uh, when you look at what's happening in the world today, a lot of things that are coming up are demonically inspired. And so the Christians who are not aware, they just got into it without knowing. And then they turn, they turn out to be, you know, really disadvantaged to them because those powers enter into them and then they begin to manifest the spirit in those things. I'll tell you what, more Christians are being persecuted and killed in this current generation than all the generations combined. I hope you heard that. We in America think we're pretty safe. And the, I used to say the only persecution in America a Christian gets is if you're married, it's your spouse. But that has changed. Yeah. Uh, they're starting to really come against Christians oh, yes. in America. They're trying to topple the republic. EJ? Oh, that is so, so true. I mean, I was born, I'm 81 years old, and I can remember, you know, we started the school in prayer with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and... and uh, and that was the way it worked. It wasn't until later on when I when they started taking God out of school and they says, what's this all about? Why are we taking prayer? Why are we taking God out of school? It doesn't make any sense. At that time, I wasn't aware of the satanic influence that was taking place mm. in our nation. But now as we look back onto it, you just see how satanic he has moved in to the minds of our young people and our school teachers and our pastors and some of them. Yeah, there's no doubt that many pastors have watched Avatar and see, see nothing at all wrong with it. Insanity. You see how in, ignorant, I'm, being, I'm trying to be nice now, how ignorant some pastors are. Totally ignorant. They deny the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They deny the Holy Spirit. Half of the church, the mainline churches, under the Federal Council of Churches, which is a Marxist covering don't care about sin. They back abortion, homosexuality. They they reject the Holy Spirit as far as the baptism. Half of the church, Tobias, can you believe it? Is the church the church is is, is actually getting away from 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 God because of the ignorance of the I think the the leaders that they have, and uh, so especially in our country, few people right now attend church because the enemy has come in and just confuse people thinking that staying at home and uh, staying at home and watching the the church from from home or or even not caring anymore from the church because of the influence that the devil and the impact that the enemy has brought into the church psalm seventy two nineteen tells us that the purpose of god through his church is to reveal his glory over all the earth in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Luke 19, 13, and Matthew 5, 13, God tells Christians to take dominion. 
be salt, subdue, occupy, and make disciples of the inhabitants of the earth. Tobias? Yes. Yeah, as, as, as believers, we must uh, take dominion. Because that is when we, we rule, we rule. We are meant to rule. We are not meant to be ruled by the enemy. God created man to rule the earth. Rule all the things of all the all the things in the sea and under the sea. That is what man was created for. Take dominion. EJ? Yeah, it's 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 interesting that the theology that was developed back in not too long ago, uh, that we will be raptured out of here, the rapture theory, the pre-rapture theory. And I just heard a gentleman today uh, explain, I said, well, we don't need to worry about that. We're going to be raptured out of here, talking about the mark of the beast. Well, that has given the church, that, well, why should we even be concerned what's going on with their government? You know, the God's going to take care of us. He's going to rapture out. We don't have to worry about anything. And that was a big lie of the devil when he hit the church with that one, and we're suffering for it. Well, I'll tell you what, again, Christians don't understand their responsibility. They can pray all they want for their nation to be saved, and they're going to be arrested and killed eventually. That's right. Jesus is not coming out of heaven nope. to save your nation because you pray. He comes out at the Battle of Armageddon, then he removes evil governments, then he puts in righteous leaders. That's when Jesus saves the world at the Battle of Armageddon. Amen. When he ascended, he gave you and I that responsibility. Go, Terry, be baptized with my Holy Spirit so you can have power and authority so you can do miracles like I did but don't try them until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit then subdue take dominion make disciples if your nation is going to have peace it's because you bring peace the church Tobias yes the church has to take, take control of what's going on right now uh, allow me to quote uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He said, we need leaders not in love with money, but in love with justice. Not in love with publicity, but in love with humanity. That is what Dr. Luther says. If you have people that are in love with Jesus, we'll be able to take control of what is happening now. Because the Holy Spirit will be in us, will control us, will guide us, will lead us, and will empower us. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this is our mandate. This is what we're supposed to be doing. When people say, what does it matter? Do you understand your Bible? There's going to be no salvation, no peace, no prosperity in any nation unless the church brings it. The church brings peace and prosperity. The church eradicates corruption. You can pray and Jesus isn't going to do it. He has given you that responsibility. Go be my ambassador. Now bring peace. Tobias? Yes. The church was mandated by Jesus in Matthew 28 to go and preach the gospel. 
And as we preach the gospel, a lot of people get the influence of, of the gospel and they turn to Jesus. And every nation, the Bible says every nation will hear it. But you see, the church has not been doing its, its work as it's supposed to do. You know, people say, you know, the church isn't supposed to be in politics. Well, what do you want in politics, the devil? <laughs> I mean, if the church isn't in politics, what do you want to do? Turn it over to evil men? Have, have wolves guide you? And, and destroy you and, and destroy your families? If the church doesn't do it, Tobias, who's going to do it? The church has to do it because, see, the church and state cannot be separated. The church has to lead the way for the state. Let me tell you, it's, it's like saying, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want a rapist uh, to, to rule my home, but then if you don't uh, take your responsibilities, then... A rapist is ruling your home. Yeah. A rapist is going to rule your nation. I mean, EJ, yeah. it's common sense, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, you know, the when God chose Israel to be his chosen people, it wasn't just for the children of Israel. They, he wanted them to teach the rest of the world how to live godly lives. And we've kind of forgotten about that. And uh, I know one of the other day I was studying the word and it came up with, I had a message called If and Then. I believe in the promises of God, but the promises of God have an if to it. If you obey my commandments, if mm. you do this, if you come against all these abominations, mm. then I will do this. And that's promises. But there's also the negative, the cursings and the blessings. But basically, you know, people in the church who want to stand on the promises of God and don't obey his commandments, it's like speaking to nobody. It's like prayers that are unheard. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching, listening to the warning program today. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Here at World Ministries International, I have Bishop Tobias Nehemiah and Dr. E.J. Buckhart with me. You know, I wrote a blog today, and I, I said, apostles and pastors are like pennies, worthless. That's what I wrote, that most apostles and pastors today are like pennies. In other words, they're everywhere, and they're worthless. In other words, they're, they're, they're not Warning, coming against sin, oh, protecting, preparing for what's coming. Well, what are you doing? Just collecting money? You're worthless. Tobias? Yes, it's unfortunate that the church, the pastors today, have uh, compromised their position as pastors. Uh, they want to be politically correct. And uh, being politically correct means you, you compromise what you're called to do. You, you compromise what you're mandated to do. Did you like that statement of mine? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I also like his word compromise because uh, there's a lot of words I know and I develop them a little bit, but compromise is what's causing the church to follow this demonic order. It's compromise with the worldly system as opposed to having our system come against the world. We're compromising. Pastors are very guilty of compromising. I mean... I've compromised in my past, but sometimes it caused me big problems. But we, can't, we cannot co compromise the gospel. That is not possible. You have to stand strong and take the forces that come against you, but you cannot compromise. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we can bring it more to a personal level. Are you worthless? Are you like a penny? Just worthless? Do you represent Jesus Christ? Do you come against sin? Or do you keep your mouth shut just to get along and not pick up your cross 
and represent Christ. Ask yourself, am I a penny? Am I worthless? Pastor Tobias? Yes, we need to go back and do a heart to heart search as church, as church leaders. Because to realize where are we are, we really, where God called us to be, or what are we doing? Now, we could say, like you're in Kenya, and they use the shilling. <laughs> are you a shilling? <laughs> or are you, are you, as a Christian or a pastor, an apostle, are you like a shilling? Or a dollar. Or are you, which meaning, I'm worthless. <laughs> shilling is worthless. Pennies are worthless. Yes. Tobias? Yeah, pennies really are worthless. A shilling, as you call it, is, is, cannot buy you anything. In fact, even when you go to the store right now, People don't want, they're just given to you back as a change, but you don't use it for anything. And then you're unfortunate that you are, comp- what is sta- the statement is very strong that are we a shilling or a penny that cannot be used for anything? What now, there's, there's yeah. 100 pennies in a dollar, there's 140 shillings for one US dollar. So, in other words, if you break that down, one to 140, one penny in Kenya shillings is worth 140 Kenya shillings. One penny equivalent. Uh, do you understand how worthless you are? One dollar is worth 140 Kenya shillings. So, are you a shilling or are you a penny? Either one of them is worthless. One is just more worthless. Tobias? Yes, it's true. Swatless. <laughs> you know, AJ? <laughs> I just go back my mind. I, I've always been a penny collector. And I remember you'd see people throw the pennies on the streets, and I'd go and pick up the pennies. Well, the penny is worthless, but when you get 100 or 200 or 1,000 pennies, you got some value. So what we need to do is get these people that think penny is worthless to put their pennies together and get the work and get the gospel done. <laughs> well, you have a little bit more money, so it's not worthless. But uh, I'll tell you why. We have got to pull the Christians together and yeah. let them understand the fight Amen. they're in. Amen. They need to join Eagle Saving Nations because if we don't have a mighty revival, this nation is coming under judgment. Now, EJ, do you agree that America is in crisis? We need another great awakening if it's to survive. We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned about the attack on our freedoms and are willing to take a stand against what is happening in our government. We must expose the forces that are attempting to replace our republic under the morality of God, defined in the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. EJ? You know, we are at war, and... If you want to win a war, you've got to have soldiers who are willing to die. And Jesus came out and said, you need to die to yourself and live for him. What happens in us, in America and in the church, they're not willing to die for the Lord. If they're willing to die for the Lord, they'll go out in soldiers and we can win the war. But we got to go out to fight it. You may die, but we got to fight the war. The vision and mission of Eagle Saving Nations is to wake up Christians of the seriousness of the hour and hold revival meetings across the world. We want to fill stadiums, conferences, and churches focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. 
We want them to leave these meetings encouraged, refreshed, strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. We want to be true ambassadors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the vision of eagles saving nations. Tobias? Yes. I, I, I believe I believe I believe on what you're saying. I think a lot of awareness has to be done. There's a lot of teaching, serious teaching and impact, imparting the the, the the anointing on people from the pastors can bring salvation to the to the dying nations. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, go on my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. Please join Eagles Saving Nations. A white eagle, $220 U.S. a month. Bald eagle, $22 a month. A golden eagle, $50 a year. If you're not a member of the United States, $25 a year. Pastor Tobias only is paying $25 a year because, but we need Eagle Saving Nations in Kenya. Amen? Well, yes, yes, yes. We need them in every nation. Yeah. Now again, this is not much. You say, what can I do? Other than grumbling and complaining, help us get into the stadiums and let Pentecost touch the lives of the believers and let them go forth with power and authority to lead a mighty revival. This is what we can do. EJ? Well, Eagle Saving Nations is nothing more than going after the people to become uh, eagles that fly high, soar high. And if we don't become eagles, we have a difficult time seeing ahead in the future. Eagles have fantastic eyes. They got fantastic claws. They got fa There's an interesting study of eagles. And you, Pastor, you did that one time, the study of an eagle. It's very important. So the fact that the Lord gave you eagle-saving nations was really uh, uh, eye-opener in I just do pray because it's the Eagle Saving Nation is based on the movement of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have the movement of the Holy Spirit, that's we're dead. Acts 1 8, but you will receive power where the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. This has been the warning program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Bishop Tobias Nehemiah out of Kenya and Dr. E.J. Buckhart.
Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound.
We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. And I'm going to be speaking on today the tree of hope. The tree of hope. In the early hours of June 8, 2020, around 3 a.m., I had a dream. Now, I seem to have dreams or visions at 3 a.m. a lot, or God gives me words at that time. It is one of those times that the Bible says is a holy time, a time of even a prayer, but most people don't get up on those hours. But I had a dream. You know, God wants to speak to us, and, and frankly, he chooses the time. And so these are things we have to learn if we want to have more intimacy with the Lord. He chooses the time. People like to choose their own time and they get relative relationship and communication. But if you really want to move with God, you've got to understand those hours God sets aside in the day. Well, I don't feel, well, if you don't feel like it, and that's the whole thing that we, we fight is against the flesh. We don't feel like it. It's not convenient. Well, time with God is never meant sometimes to be convenient. It's supposed to be on his time schedule. And so this is what all of the movers and shakers, we did, I think, about nine programs on it, if not 12, and we learned how they moved with God, and it wasn't convenient, but they did it anyway. That's why they shook the world. So in the early hours of June 8, 2023, around 3 a.m., I had a dream. I saw a warrior seated at a round table planning strategy. I also saw a tree reaching through the clouds in the heavens. So... Here I saw a tree reaching through the clouds into the heavens. Again, I saw warriors seated at a round table planning strategy. Immediately after seeing the warriors, Christians, and other leaders sitting together getting clear direction from the Lord, I knew there was hope. Again, the message is titled, and what I titled this dream is the Tree of Hope. Isaiah 1.18 Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. In the tree, in my dream, the tree I saw in my dream that was reaching into the heavens was called the tree of hope. Now James 5, 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Okay, notice the word suffering. Why are we suffering? One, we suffer if we don't have hope. If we lose hope. He should keep on praying about it. Don't ruminate on it. Don't allow your emotions to get a control. He should keep on praying. And those who have reason to be thankful should continue to be singing praises to God. Okay, we should always give God the glory, especially if he's answered our prayer or if good things are happening, give him the glory. Give him the glory if bad things happen. We gave him the glory when I, if you don't know, I, I just came back from a three-plus week Tripped through the United States speaking, and I was involved in a head-on collision. The other guy couldn't stop, and uh, I, I came to a stop. But anyway, the point is, we were giving him glory. Even though I had a collision, there was reason to give him glory. There was no injuries. I had my boy, my wife, myself, no injuries. And the vehicle only suffered miraculously a broken bumper. I gave him glory. I still give him glory. I gave him glory to my staff this morning before I start speaking this message. So it says, for those who have reason to be thankful, continually be singing praises to the Lord. Is anyone sick? He should call for the elders of the church. They should pray over him, pour a little oil over him. Okay, why do you anoint with oil? Because the Bible says it. What does oil represent? 
it gets the attention of God. It's the anointing of God. It represents the Holy Spirit. People say, well, why do I need to do this? Well, I guess it has meaning in the Bible. Do we respect God? If you respect God, you respect the word of God. If you respect the word of God, we do these things, don't we? I use oil. Why? Because the Bible says it. There's reasons for it. It represents the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be where God now is focused on that situation because you've anointed it with oil. So a person says, I don't need to do these things right, but let me see how many healings you get. Or if your prayers are answered. Why? Because you do it your way. It's like, again, who did we have in the Bible? Who did it their way? The first murderer, Cain. Abel did it God's way. Cain, I can do it my way. Well, he did not have good results, did he? He was judged by God. Doing it our way never gives us good results. What's the results? We want victory. We want our prayers answered. You want healing in this case. Pray over him, pour a little oil upon him, calling on the Lord to heal him. And their prayer, if offered in faith, if off, what is faith? It's relying on the word of God. It's relying on God, no matter how bad the situation looks. If you look at the situation and don't rely on God, you're going to be all messed up. You're going to give up hope. You're going to get mad. A lot of things are going to happen if you don't rely on God, if you don't, in other words, walk and live by faith. The scriptures tell you how to live by faith. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, self-control, temperance. This is how we've got to live. It's not a simple scripture we read. If his sickness was caused by some sin, the Lord will forgive him. Admit your faults one to another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. So you call the elders of the church are supposed to have some discernment. If they discern there's a sin, they ask questions. If they confession, there's no reason you can't be healed. Now, if a person's too stubborn... The elders can pour oil all you want. They, they can pour a whole pot of oil on you. They can bring 24 elders and put hands on you. You're not going to be healed if you don't humble yourself and confess your sins if that's causing your sickness. That's why you call the elders so they have the courage to say, you know, and lead you in repentance if they discern their sin. They query you. They just don't anoint you with prayer and nothing happens. That's calling the elders. The earnest prayer of a righteous man, righteous, the will of God, has great power and wonderful results, not any man. Elijah was a completely human as we are, yet when he prayed earnestly, no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. Now that is a powerful, righteous prayer from a righteous man. Then he prayed again, this time that it would rain, and down it poured, and the grass turned green, and the gardens began to grow again. Wow. From a man that walked with God intimately with authority, who applied the word of God in his daily life. Now, was he perfect? No, we, we saw how he defeated the false prophets. He defeated the king. Yet, he was in such a battle, he must not that day put on the full army because he ran from Jezebel. So the point I'm making is, we have a daily fight to fight. The tree of hope. If we don't apply these things daily, we're going to fail one day. Now, everybody fails. I believe everyone fails. But the key is, you don't have to always continually fail. You don't have to allow that failure to destroy your future. You can immediately say, God, forgive me. Yes, I'm going to apply the tree of hope. Yes, I'm going to put on the armor of God. Yes, I'm going to use patience and diligence and self-control. Yes, I'm going to forgive. I can do these things. The tree of hope. This is the meaning of the dream. There is hope if we work together in unity. 
If church leaders will work together in unity as equals, respecting and forgiving one another as a roundtable represents, God will give us strategy for victory. That's the, the whole situation with eagle-saving nations. We've got to have a great awakening in America or we're going to lose America. We've got to come together. The tree of hope. If we have unity, we have victory. If we can get enough people coming together in the stadiums throughout America, there can be victory because the power of God will come down. Pentecost will flow. They'll go out with warriors that give hope and are bold and speak the truth without fear or intimidation. This is the meaning of the tree of hope coming together in unity. The key is unity and hope. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight for the faith. For the faith. What's the faith? The word of God. The scriptures. Keep holding on to eternal life. Holding on. Meaning it's not absolute. It's not guaranteed. You can let go. You know if you're in the ocean and they throw you a rope with a tube around it and so you grab it but you let go you will sink. I don't care how much you say, it can save me. Yes, it can, but you let go. The Word of God can save you unless you let go, unless you don't want to walk in it. Well, I'm not going to apply it. Well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your finances. You're going to lose your health. You're going to lose your, the battle to live by controlling your weight. You're going to lose relationships. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose if you let go of faith, of the tree of hope, of applying the Word of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You can have 20 doctorates in ministry. Fight the good fight. Keep holding on to eternal life. It's not guaranteed. To which you are called about, which you give a good report in front of many witnesses. We have to work out our salvation and we work it out daily, don't we? That's what the Word of God says. Some denominations like to, to change it. That's why I'm not a part of that denomination. It's very clear you've got to work out your salvation and keep holding on to faith. Keep holding on, this verse says, 1 Timothy 6.12, to eternal life. Hold on to it. Colossians 1.23. However, you must remain firmly established and steadfast in the faith without being moved from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. What's the key words you want to listen to? Must remain firmly established established, that's how you live, steadfast, you're not going to be moved or shaken by feelings or emotions or pride, in the faith and what God tells you to do without being removed from the hope. You know, if you lose your hope, you've lost everything in life. We must understand that. If you lose hope in the faith, you have lost. I don't care what battle you get in, you're going to lose. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But since we belong to the day, let's be sober. We must put on the breastplate of what? Faith and love. And the hope of salvation as our helmet. Faith, the word of God. Live by it. What's the primary ingredient in the word of God? Love. And the hope of salvation. If you throw those things away, you've got no hope. You're going to be a miserable person that's going to lose in every area of your life. And you'd be fortunate if one day you don't take your life. Because the devil will, will capitalize every time and come to torment you with a tormenting spirit. Colossians 1.27 To whom God wanted to make known the glorious riches of this secret among the Gentiles, which is the Messiah in you, our glorious hope. 
In Christ is the secret of glorious riches, staying in Christ. Staying in Christ, not knowing that scripture, but staying in Christ. See, no matter what happened to Christ, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He stayed in God, in love, no matter what they gave him. He would always forgive 70 times 7 times 7 times 7 times 7. He was always there for restoration. Staying in Christ. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, but we also boast in our suffering. Do we boast in our suffering? How many boast in their suffering? I know a lot of people don't boast, grumble, complain, mad. Do we boast in our suffering? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. In other words, we don't like it, but it's developing our character. We don't like it. I don't like it. I would rather not get in that head-on collision, but it's taught me several things. One, to be thankful every day. One, to pull on, make sure I always put on the armor and pray every day. One, to be more careful, even for the other guy every day. Believe me, I am way more careful now. In fact, I was so gun shy that I kept saying, Adalia, please watch with me. Make sure I don't miss anything. I mean, we had flashbacks like Jaw eating you. You know that movie Jaws? Boy, it, it got a little, you know, I, I, for a few days, I didn't know if I wanted to get behind that wheel. I was ready to say, hey, Captain Buckhart, come fly me home. <laughs> I mean, you get in a head-on collision, that'll give you flashbacks. Well, it gave me some anyway, because I'm made of flesh and blood. So, Romans 5, 3 through 5. Endurance. Suffering produces character, and character produces hope. See, our character is developing. We did a, a message Quite a few months ago, Watchman Nee, remember that God wants to kill you? <laughs> Another way, he wants to kill your pride. You know, every time he works with our pride, we squeal, don't we? We squeal, we get mad, whatever. He's working with your pride. He wants you to develop your character. Why? Because he wants to use you in great ways that you can't see and you're not qualified for yet. Until he works with you a little bit more on your character. Now, this hope does not disappoint us. What hope? God's hope. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us hope. That's why Jesus was always willing to say, Father, forgive them. It doesn't matter who they were. He didn't retaliate. He didn't get mad. He loved them. He forgave them before they ever committed it. And he forgave them again. Do you realize he had a staff that was just miserable, bunch of failures, proud, egotistical fishermen? most of them uneducated, tax collectors and other things, bungling boobs that did not have faith, that doubted everything he did. My goodness, if he didn't have the, the love of God in him, he would have looked at him and told them off and sent them on their way. Everything they did, they questioned. Doubted. And he finally said, where is your faith? Haven't I been with you long enough? Haven't you learned anything? Does that speak to you? Should, should speak to all of us. Sometimes, where is our faith? So I walked with God for 50 years. Well, then act like it. Romans 8, 24 through 25. For we have been saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? In other words, you have to exercise faith. He, he can't say, well, you got to prove it for me before, before I'll trust you. That's not faith. That, God doesn't do that to us. He forgives you. But if hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for what is perseverance, patience. In other words, with patience, we look for victory. 
We watch and hope that one day there will be much fruit, but right now we continue to till and water and cultivate, but we don't give up. We don't throw away. We persevere until we see victory in that life, whatever we're praying for. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continually steadfast in prayer. I mean, my goodness, this, this tells you how to have victory in life. Okay, rejoicing in hope, rejoicing in hope, continue to keep your hope. Patience in tribulation. This is where most people lose. They don't have much patience. And another thing, continually steadfast in prayer. You want to always go to prayer, not go for vengeance or something. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope. Patience in tribulation, continually, steadfastly in prayer. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, bears all things. Do we bear all things? Do we bear all things? If I was leading a, a marriage seminar, this is one of the verses they would lose. Do we bear all things with your spouse? If you did, you wouldn't need this room. Wouldn't need marriage counseling. Do we bear all things? Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. For through the patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. That's Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. The, the scriptures is for our learning. Not for our condemnation, for our learning. That we may through patience, patience and comfort Comfort of what? The scriptures. God is the scriptures. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God is the Holy Spirit documented in written form. So we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, say, God, speak to me. Well, open your Bible. Open your Bible. He'll speak to you. Psalm 133, 1. Blessed unity of the people of God. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in what? Unity. Unity. I love unity. I don't like division. You know, if you say in unity, you have your peace. I love peace. I love unity. I love love. Hope is the most important ingredient in a person's life. Without hope, people fail in life. Without hope, people fail in faith. Without hope, when hope, when hope gives way to despair, they fail in their jobs, goals, and ambitions. You know, some people had planned, trained their whole life to be in the Olympics. But if they lose their hope, they lose their goals, they lose their ambitions, they, they, they don't go to the Olympics. Many people would have won in the Olympics, but they gave up hope. <clears throat> so the ambition wasn't there to succeed any longer, and they quit. When a person gives up hope, they die spiritually, listen to me, and physically. If you give up hope, let's say you have an eating problem, you will die physically too, and why you gave up hope. Are we together? Are we together? If you lose your hope, you can lose your life. You can lose, if, you ha if EJ would have lost hope when he was training to be a pilot, he would have never been a Northwest Airline captain. My past, law enforcement, ministry, three doctorate degrees. If I lost hope, none of it would have happened. I would have given up. Do you understand you cannot lose hope and, and succeed in life? 
And who wants to take away your hope? Satan does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, make you miserable, make you fail. When a person gives up hope, they die spiritually and physically. Hebrews 11, 11. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for for the evidence of things not seen. Let's break it down just a little bit. Now faith, in other words, what is faith? Trust in God and scriptures, right? Is a substance. What is substance? Ingredients like a cake. My wife, she tastes something, she can go home usually and recreate it. She puts in the ingredients and boom, all of a sudden she's a great Thai uh, uh, curry chef. She makes Thai curry as good as the Thai restaurant. Yes, she does. You better talk to her if you want an invitation. <laughs> now, now, faith, trust in God, it is trusting in scriptures, is the substance of substance, ingredients. Thai curry, a cake, of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Okay, you know, all cooks in here knows, knows that. Substance, ingredients. So now faith is a substance, it's the ingredients of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, I'm going to have this good cake. I'm going to have this good curry. I'm not going to give up hope. Now, honey, I need some good curry, Kai curry. Without hope, people perish. Hope is required to raise your children correctly. Hope is required to raise your children correctly. You know, if, if we don't have hope in the scriptures, we, then we don't do what the scriptures tell us and we will not raise our children correctly. In other words, we won't correct them when they need correction. And other things. Give them the love, the time with us, the prayer, teaching them the scriptures. Proverbs 19, 8. Chasten thy son while there is hope. Why? Because there comes a point when it's, it's a lot harder. They say if you don't really get the fundamentals down by five, you got a big problem. Chasten the son while there is hope. Let not thy soul spare for his crying. In other words, don't let your, your, your human heart stop correcting him or working with him. Because I hope my children will become God-fearing, responsible human beings. I will raise them according to scriptural mandates. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't matter that backslidden child, usually if it takes them in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, usually they come back to God because the scriptures will not return void. Even if it's 70, 80 on their deathbed usually they'll finally come back. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. What's keeping the law? Keeping the word of God, living by the word of God, keeping unity, love, everything in there. Happy is he. Happy is he. I love it when we're together, when we're all having fun, you know, no problems. I love it. Don't you love that? EJ and I love it when we're on the same team in horseshoes. We love it. Happy are we. You win again. Okay, thank you. <laughs> medical, <laughs> medical science tells us that when a patient or healthy person loses hope, he starts to deteriorate and dies. When a person loses hope, emotionally, mentally, or physically, he becomes ill. When a depressed person loses all hope, he wants to die and think of suicide. I hope you caught that. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope defers makes the heart sick. What makes hope deferred? What is deferred? Rejected. You reject this wisdom of the word of God. 
then you get sick. But when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. When you decide, okay, I'm following the word of God totally. It's the tree of life. The tree of life. No matter how bad it is, if two people say, I'm sorry, I forgive, it's over. The honeymoon is on. I mean, it can be that fast. I mean, why not? If we lose hope, the mission fails. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing for the in due season we will reap if we faint not. If we don't give up, you will reap. I've got some trees outside and with Karen's help, I'm not giving up yet. I'm not pulling them out by the roots. We want a harvest. Right, Karen? I want a harvest. I'm not going to give up hope until I see it's dead. Nehemiah 2.17. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we're in, how Israel lies in waste, how its gates are burnt with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. When we apply the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, we have victory. We can bring America back from the brink of destruction. Join Eagle Saving Nations. Go on my website, worldministries.org. We can work in unity. We can have hope. The Holy Spirit can fill the people in the stadiums. We can lead a nation to repentance. We can save the Republic and America. God bless you. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business, or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the Independence Program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care, and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.